0: Hey Graham, we're back. Isn't that crazy? We are? I can't believe it. I know. Everyone's going, what? This is kind of like a soft launch announcement that you and I are gonna be doing new episodes of Pumpkin Spice Podcast. If you didn't if you couldn't tell, Graham, in your podcasting app on your phone, recently all of the episodes you and I did in like 2016 and 2017 reappeared from the dead. Wait a minute, does that mean the
1: holiday episodes as well?
0: I'm glad you asked because no, they did not reappear. I kept those to myself until today, until this moment here. It is the holiday season 2022, and I figured why not re-release three holiday-themed episode, December-specific holiday-themed episodes that we recorded many years ago, In no particular order. Better Watch Out, a movie known as Christmas Evil, and Black Christmas. Now, two of those movies, our buddy Max, joined us on as a guest. It was a lot of fun. Hope you're doing well, Max, and still making great music. Uh, But Graham, what would you have to say about all three of these movies?
1: Well, sometimes uh, during Christmas, you open up packages, and you don't know what anything is, and some are good, and some are bad. But the episodes are all great. Maybe not all the movies are great. (laughs) But don't miss uh, Christmas Evil. If you're a fan of Fiona Apple, her dad plays the serial killer Santa. So check that out.
0: Yeah, definitely. And this is just a present from you and I to the audience to say that in 2023, you will be getting new episodes starting with prison. Prison. Rennie Harlan, Masterpiece. All right, Graham, I've got to go sip on some cocoa, and I know you've got to do the same. Enjoy whichever film you're about to hear us talk about, because this is the same intro for all three of these holiday episodes.
1: Yes, uh, we could have done three, but we decided to do one because this one was so good.
0: This intro might be one of the best intros we've ever done, Graham.
1: Yes, so this is us at our absolute
0: best. I bet you can't wait for prison. Anyway, we'll see you next year with brand new episodes. Uh, Take it away, us. Hello? Hello?
2: bandit
1: is act happy holidays everybody and fuck trump how you doing rob and max
2: hey doing well
0: i'm doing absolutely phenomenal welcome to holiday spice podcast max welcome
2: i'm glad to be on on the spice no. It's a it's a good spice like, to be. Is that a Dune reference? I don't know. Hey man, yeah, you no, decide. the
1: Spice must flow. The spice <laughs> must flow, and it's always flowing here at Holiday Spice Cop Podcast.
0: <laughs> okay, let's get started. Um, Graham, what did we watch?
1: So for our first holiday film, we watched Black Christmas. Um, this was a rewatch for me, but uh, Max, this was the first time you watched it, right?
2: Yeah, never seen this movie before. I uh, ha- only had a vague idea of it, and that idea was wrong. So, like, I, I watched it kind of thinking, like, I didn't even know what year it was from. I thought it was just kind of a goofy, like, horror take on Christmas to sort of cash in on that or something. And it turns out it's a awesome slasher movie that, like, pretty much covers... Or- Or invented all of the cliches that were ever used in slasher movies ever again. It seems like, yeah, scream obviously
1: took a a big uh, note out of the pages of uh, Black Christmas for sure.
2: And a lot of uh, a lot of it like feels like Halloween in a lot of different ways. You know, the camera work and
0: I was going to say I was right there with Max on this, Graham. I had never, I didn't know what Black Christmas was about, and I kind of. Once we decided that's what we were going to watch, I decided not to read anything on it, not to do any preempt work. I just wanted to see it fresh. And boy, uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty awesome. Uh, the it's fashion good. alone was fantastic.
1: Yeah, we got to talk about a lot of the wardrobe features, but I just want to start with the elephant in the room. You guys do know that the director of Black Christmas also did a Christmas story. What? Re- Bob Clark directed both A Christmas Story from 1983, and that, to me, is just hysterical. Yeah. um, He has A Christmas Story for every person out there. If you're uh, a weirdo like us and love watching horror films during Christmas time, he made a movie for you. If you're a traditional Christmas type of person, Bob Clark has you covered.
2: Hats off to the man, you know? He's got a lot of Christmas spirit in him.
1: Well, he's so, like, he's a pretty diverse director. Um, Yeah, I would say. (laughs) He did uh, Porkies from 1981. Porky's is about the dudes that look at the girls in the shower room. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) um, That's what the movie's about? (laughs) uh, Pretty much, yeah. If I were to describe the plot of Porky's, it would be a peephole in a shower room. And that is the (laughs) plot of the film. Um, But real quickly, uh, Bob Clark also directed one of my most hated films, uh, 1999's Baby Geniuses. Oh man! <laughs> so this guy oh, is all over the place, but um, I didn't want to spoil that. I just want to get your reactions from uh, the <laughs> same guy that did Black Christmas. Also directed a Christmas story, the classic holiday special. They play it like twelve times on TNT on on Christmas Day. A Christmas Story. Bob Clark
2: think they should have another channel that's playing Black Christmas for 24 hours. TNTX. Yeah. I'm just going to go
0: through real quick. These women living in a sorority house are getting threatening and weird phone calls of moaning and calling them names. And then people start, women start dying one by one throughout the film until the end of the movie. Side plot, uh, one of the women and her boyfriend are deciding on whether or not they're going to have an abortion. And all of this happens with a Christmas tree in the building. And apparently that's that's, why it's Black Christmas.
2: Yeah, that's about it as far as Christmas goes, you know. Like, there's, I mean, definitely takes place during the holiday. Uh, You know, her dad comes to... One of the girls that gets murdered at the beginning, her dad comes to pick her up to take her home for the holiday. Um I don't know if the word Christmas is ever said in the movie.
0: (laughs) So let's just give it away. Spoilers. Uh, You never find out who the killer is. It's just a guy in the attic. And at the end, he says his name, but you never see him. It's always from his point of view. And someone is falsely accused of the murder who ends up dying. The the gentleman who wants his girlfriend to keep the baby.
2: But... Doesn't the, like den mother say something at the end is that she like still alive or what's going on no
0: she's dead did up I there too and he's just, just talking
1: understand to the her ending? yeah the police left olivia hussey the main star of the film uh like a uh, like it's basically that house is a scene of a crime and they just put her to bed and they leave the house even though it's a crime scene <laughs> and the camera pans over and to all the dead bodies in the attic and you're like these are the, these are the worst cops uh, possibly <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. the worst and um, I'm, it's funny because um, I actually was kind of let down by this film I watched this when I was a kid and I thought it was really cool and watching it again uh, last night I just it um, I was underwhelmed uh, there was some, a lot of plot things like uh, all the bodies in the house and the cops just leaving the house at the end. Also, I want to ask you guys just real quickly. Um, so did the murderer kill like the 13 year old that they found by the river?
2: That was confusing.
1: It's an unsolved murder still. Like the the movie ends with an <laughs> unsolved murder because it, to the best of my mind, I think they're unrelated murders.
2: Yeah, I think it so. Doesn't, too. I mean, it doesn't seem like to fit his it doesn't fit his pattern. Well, no, he's
1: (laughs) he's pissed off at his girlfriend and everybody drinking and having a good time because of the whole baby thing, but he has no motivation to kill a 13-year-old. So I would suggest that there is another murderer in that goddamn town (laughs) and the cops go to bed with bodies in the attic.
0: Hang on, hang on, hang
2: on. The boyfriend, Peter, (laughs) wasn't the killer. He's the main suspect.
0: Yeah, he is the main suspect, but yeah, he didn't. He didn't kill anyone, and in fact, he's very pro-life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: But he's essentially blamed for the murders, correct?
0: Oh, yeah, he's he's blamed. Yeah, okay, they, yeah. That's, that, why that's, that's what her. that's what
1: I meant. Yeah,
2: sure. And he is like, he is a dick for sure. I love the piano scene. Like, I mean, like part of the plot say. is he is he, qu- he quits the conservatory where he's you know like training to be this like um, concert pianist. And there's this whole scene where he's playing, like, for some professors, trying out or something. Uh-huh. And, uh, the first time I watched it, I thought it was like, whoa, this is an interesting piece. Like, I didn't, I didn't get that he was fucking it up. Like, that didn't read for me. It just read, like, this is the most avant-garde piano piece I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, when he's just throwing the stand <laughs> inside of it?
2: No, like when he's no at the beginning when he's playing piano for the like the teachers and that like kind of makes him quit. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know exactly oh, what yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. He and has he, a little little fit there. And he plays this insane piano like <laughs> piano solo. Um I don't know. I th- I think he did do it.
0: Well, they say it's,
1: it's
2: it's Billy, right? The guy that that used to
0: live
1: at the, end live he at the says, house. he says, it's,
0: "It's me, Billy." Yeah, yeah that's what. I, and
1: see, I didn't. It's funny because
2: <laughs> who's Billy? I don't know yeah. who Billy is.
1: And Billy's a guy that used to live there. Um, oh, okay, where did the, I quickly, didn't hear that it, part?
2: I didn't catch that either.
1: Yeah, like, and <laughs> that he was like a child born of incest or something. What? What? Yeah, that was missed... in the film, right?
0: I don't. I, don't I missed know. it. If it was
1: okay, so there was a, a person named Agnes.
0: Do we do we watch
1: the same movie? Uh, yeah, because at
0: the at the end he says like Agnes, it's me, Billy.
1: Yeah, it's I, like that's why I said I, I really had some problems following uh, what was going on in this movie. Um, and I, I definitely
0: get... don't remember anything about incest. No.
1: Yeah, Weird. I think they mentioned that, dude. They're like the girls really? were like like um, joking about it or something. I'm almost positive, man. Interesting. The whole end scene where it's like, "Hey, I think it was Agnes." Hey, Agnes, this is Billy. I didn't. I didn't really get
2: that. Um, I thought the end was completely perplexing, and which is illustrated by the fact that all of us have different theories of what actually happened. You know, Yeah. Like, every, everybody should be on the same page i think if you're really like tying up a movie or like trying to create an interesting twist or something like nobody knows what really happened in that movie it seems like
1: i think they just kind of the screenwriters just kind of put their hands up in the air and said well, we'll let the audience decide what happened and it was kind of like a reflection of some like male's weirdo interpretation of like female empowerment or something
2: i don't know old turtleneck pro-life pete it's interesting and i think like the fact that it's canadian too i think informs a lot of like what is discussed in the movie like i don't know if like abortion would be a main topic in any like uh american slasher film yeah it's
1: like Degrassi, remember they had the abortion episode and it aired in Canada. It never aired in America.
2: Yeah. Well, we and I think it. that. More,
1: like, on, more on Degrassi next episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, and maybe it's looking back on it from 2016 to 1974, but it's like the girlfriend didn't want to have the baby, the boyfriend wanted to have the baby. The girlfriend wanted to break up with the boyfriend.
2: He wanted to get married. Yeah,
0: he wanted to get married. She didn't. It's uh, it's her decision. You know, like, well, it's kind of like. Seems it, pretty No, Rob, you, you're missing the point, dude. He,
1: <laughs> you're missing the point because, dude, he is dropping everything in his life for this girl, and he expects her to do the same thing. I mean, what's wrong with that? I say that I mean I say it's a joke Uh,
2: obviously uh, but does he quit the conservatory
1: I don't know yeah he's like I quit my job and I'm giving up on all my dreams
0: and I would love it if you would do the same
2: (laughs) if you would give up your (laughs) dreams as well
0: yeah she's like I I don't really want to do that oh my god (laughs) is this relationship
1: going anywhere I'm a quitter you're a quitter we're meant for each other
2: we end up with all these scenes that are the exact same argument just illustrated again and again. It's like, I don't want to have the baby. No, you you should have the baby. Phone call. And then, <laughs> let's, let's talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> In the, fact,
1: <laughs> there is no character arc with Peter and Olivia Hussey. No. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, at the beginning of the film, she doesn't want the baby, and he wants the baby. And at the end of the film... She doesn't want the baby, and he wants the baby. No one changes perspective on anything.
0: I would have to say, though, that I think at the end of the movie, she doesn't want the baby, and he probably doesn't want to be killed by her.
2: Have we we explored the idea that maybe uh, Peter still is a murderer, even if he didn't murder those uh, those, uh, people up in the attic?
0: Well, probably his guilt from killing the
2: 13-year-old in the woods... I think it's a psychopath. Something was wrong with Peter. Hi, Craig here from the Bachelor Masters Podcast. Do you watch the Bachelor shows ironically, like we do? Do you think critically about the socio political ramifications of what occurs in the shows, like we do? If so, we're the podcast for you. We, the Bachelor Masters, combine deep dives into the show's problems with jokes and even some sound effects Uh to deliver what we think is a well-rounded podcast you'll enjoy after every episode. So give us a listen, as ironically as you want, on your favorite podcast app. That's The Bachelor Masters, a bridge burner podcast.
1: I think Billy and Peter were in cahoots in some way. And I think, like, Billy was like, hey, Peter, I'm going to teach you how to kill. And so they kill the kid. (laughs) And that would make
0: sense for the kid by the river, right? And then to relieve his conscience, he wants his girlfriend to keep the baby. There you go. Or they want to train a new child killer from the ground up okay yes
1: all these are good see we're coming up with a better script here i think
2: (laughs) yeah i think that's what we're doing is we're we're molding this movie into something that makes fucking sense
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes or no do you guys think that this would have just been a much better uh 20 minute short film graham Yes,
1: there's not much you can do with like for I'll tell you exactly why the scene why this should be a short and not a feature film is the scene where um, John Saxon walks into the house with the girls and he says, um, is there any other phone in that? Or someone says, is there any other phone in the house? And he's like, yeah, there's another line, but no one uses it. And from that point on, everybody knows that someone's calling from the house. And if you try to draw out the story, um, this this is a simple, like, there's a prank phone caller that escalates to this guy that's calling and saying he's going to kill people. And it's just a quick 20-minute, oh, the killer's calling from inside the house. That's the big reveal. Spoiler alert. That's the big reveal of the (laughs) film.
0: It's not worth
1: an hour and a half I think it's worth about 20 minutes
0: I think they could have actually delved into the characters of all of the women in the house like the one woman who actively has a drinking problem and then the house mother who like has a real bad drinking problem Um, I think the dynamic they both do sure but what I'm saying (laughs) is I think the dynamic between the women living in the house would have been much more interesting than this subplot of this couple
2: no, I agree. I agree with you totally. I like a lot of the characters in this movie. Like I think they're like interesting and funny. Like Kinda. I mean Like I like I like the like d- drunk character.
1: Well, that character <laughs> is played by um Margaret Kidder, uh Lois Lane.
0: Yeah, yeah. Margot Kidder.
1: Um Oh yeah. I just I yeah. like Mar- Margot Kidder, sorry. Um and Uh, Her character in the film is that she's a drunk. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) In fact, at one point, she's getting like a five-year-old drunk. Remember that?
2: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: (laughs) It's just insane. And it's just
2: like... That's why I liked it. It was like this sort of background, like, insanity in the whole movie. Like, Like, she shows up when they're having dinner with the father of the, like, missing kid. Oh, that whole thing was weird. And she's just drunk the whole time and, like, giving him shit. Like, what? His daughter might be dead. Yeah! Is is dead. But he doesn't know it yet. Yeah. (laughs) She's, like, just being, like, the drunk, ridiculous person. Yeah, I don't know. She was a sociopath as well.
1: (laughs) So, Max, I want to talk about fashion. (laughs) And specifically fashion from 1974 and how it's represented in uh, uh, Black Christmas. Uh, you want to go into some of maybe uh,
2: the sweaters, for example, that are featured in the film. You know, I don't know if it was something I noticed that much. I think you should remind me about some of it.
1: Well, the, the very first uh, outfit that Olivia Huss' uh, character is wearing, Jess, is her name. Um, the very yeah. first uh, outfit that Jess is wearing Is like this yellow It's got like hands across the sweater Do you remember oh, yeah. this? And it forms like this like triangle
0: kind of thing
1: And yeah. it's like the most bizarre thing you've ever seen And you're like, oh, okay, toast. well maybe she'll just wear this Like in a couple of scenes And no, she's wearing it for like the first The first act of the film And every time she was on screen I was like so distracted by that goddamn sweater. I was just like, all right, please turn another day so we can have a change of outfit um, there. I,
2: I liked uh, the den mother seemed to have a pretty uh, uh, flamboyant uh, dress style.
1: As well. Yeah, she dressed like she was from the 50s. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, I can see that what being all, the point because she, was, she was probably their he, age in the 50s.
2: Yeah, okay, I get it. I don't know. We talked a lot about how... The plot doesn't make any sense. The characters <laughs> are pretty ridiculous. But how would you rate this mo- movie, like, just like stylistically? Because I think in that department, it's pretty good. You know? It's kind of interesting.
0: I would say, for what it is, and for the time frame, and for some of the, uh, for lack of a better word, chances they took. I think they did a good job I mean the movie was made for like $600,000 or something like that Yeah. which I feel like if you gave me like $10,000 I could make a better film but at the same time I get it you want to pay everyone you got a whole bunch of costs that being said um, try a little bit harder I know that that was still a stereotype, and urban legend of like the call is coming from inside the house way before this movie was even made. So it's not sure. like they were taking a lot of chances there. What do you think, Graham?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and getting back to what Max said about style, um, have uh, Max, I know you've seen it, <laughs> but Rob, have you seen Brian De Palma's blowout by
0: chance? I have, actually.
1: And okay, okay. Um, so the opening to Black Christmas, which came out in 74, and Blowout was 1981, they have very similar openings of the POV shot kind of lingering around the windows yeah. and sort of uh, watching uh, the uh, the the girls.
2: See, I thought that was kind of a cool thing for the time. It's something that has obviously been used so much at this point that... Uh, uh, it seems pretty cliche.
0: And I should uh, I should come back and tell you I did not see blowout. I've seen blow up. And I'll tell you this movie would have been a lot better if it ended with mimes playing tennis. There you go. That's, that's exactly
1: what this movie needed. Um, but maybe more than that, a coherent script. I mean, is that so much to ask for these days? <laughs> These, days. <laughs> These days, yeah. I, 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 as soon as I said that, I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's kind of an inappropriate content to, uh, comment since uh, it was made in 1974." But anyway, <laughs> is it so
2: much to ask for for a good script? It's a good cheap movie, though. You know, I think I think it's decent.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely had fun watching it. I was entertained,
2: it. you know, and it is sure. kind of that level of like bad good kind of thing. But hell, I still enjoyed it, and maybe part of it is making fun of it. But like you know, it was put together uh, well enough that it was like interesting to watch.
0: Given the time, it probably felt more important having these like serious issues than it actually mm-hmm. was. And yeah, um, I think we should keep in mind that when we look at television or movies now and it's like, oh, they're dealing with abortion, this is so progressive. Um, No, see, people have been incorporating these topics for many, many years, and let's not cheapen what's happening then or happening now in films by saying they're doing something revolutionary uh, when these are topics that have been presented over and over again.
1: Who would you recommend this movie to?
2: A drunk five-year-old.
1: Yeah, a, a drunk five-year-old uh, that's sitting on the lap of uh, Margot Kidder, and uh, uh, yeah, I guess like um, like people that enjoy uh, sort of uh, horror films during Christmas time. But there are so much uh, better films, I think, than I this think, one.
2: I, yeah, for sure. But I think though. And it, I mean, we're talking about, you know, just clothes and stuff. I think that's the charm of this one is that it is a pretty old movie for the genre, you know, and that there's a lot of goof, goofy stuff and very dated. And uh, uh, I don't know anybody who likes kind of schlocky horror stuff um, and likes uh, <laughs> it's like likes the early 70s. Clothing styles, <laughs> and and likes a likes a good healthy debate on the issue of abortion. You know, I think will really uh, really love this movie. So if I know something is very like cheaply made and kind of independently made, uh, there's always a little bit more respect for the for it too. You know,
1: sure. yeah, same, yeah. But a script literally costs nothing
2: to, to make so <laughs> Let's uh,
1: never forget the power of a good story and a coherent plot
2: it's a good message yeah, true. yeah. For, true for this movie yeah
1: so just use your brain a little bit
0: okay probably gonna wrap up this episode guys but we're gonna come back in uh, I don't know maybe a week or so for another holiday spice episode of pumpkin spice podcast max graham yes. thanks for being on uh, graham what movie are we watching next time Um,
1: I think we're going to go with Christmas Evil, which um, is my personal favorite uh, Christmas horror movie, Um, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun.